other than Jesus, no figure in the Christian world has inspired so much art and music, so many paintings and statues, so much devotion and speculation and controversy as Mary. There's very little about her in the scriptures. Today we heard her first appearance in Luke when the angel Gabriel announced that she would give birth to Jesus and she agreed. And we also heard and said together today the Magnificat, her extraordinary prayer in response to learning that her cousin Elizabeth would give birth to John the Baptist. We don't know very much about her. We don't know how she handled being pregnant and unmarried, what people said and how she reacted. We don't know how old she was when Jesus was born, how she felt about what God asked her to do, what she thought about her son's later life and ministry, what role she played in the church after the resurrection. We know so little about Mary that a lot is left to our imaginations. And my guess is that if I could talk one-on-one -on -one with each one of you who's worshiping with us today, each one of you would have a different story of what Mary means to you. A friend of mine has an intense devotion to Mary as the Blessed Mother, because when his daughter had medical problems, he turned to her and prayed for hours that Mary would intercede for him. He knew that she would understand him because she also was a parent. He sees her as this loving, understanding mediator between him and God. Others relate to Mary as a revolutionary. They read the Magnificat in which Mary talks about casting down the mighty from their thrones, filling the hungry with good things, and sending the rich away empty. They read that and they find in Mary the champion of the oppressed, a friend to the poor. A lot about Mary is left to our imaginations, but we do know enough to rule out the vision of Mary that I grew up with, which was Mary meek and mild, humble and obedient and modest and a reminder to women that we shouldn't talk very much and should always wear that color of blue, you know, that she wears. <laughs> Whatever we know about her, we do know that she was the first and best disciple, the sort of paradigm and model of what a Christian should be, of what it looks like to respond to God and to life with a full-hearted yes. And maybe that's why each one of us has our own unique idea of Mary and what she means because she is the model of what it looks like to say yes to God, and each of us is called to say yes to God in our own way. It looks different for every person. And so I find that when I take time to read and meditate on who she is and what she can teach me, I always learn something about what it means to say yes to God in my own life. I had this experience recently on our Advent Quiet Day a few weeks ago, where some of us gathered online and some of us in person to just spend some time in prayer and quiet. During the Quiet Day, I invited each participant to spend some time with an icon of the Nativity. 
after a time of prayer, we each chose a figure in the painting. Some of us chose this funny shepherd down here with the hairy pants. Some of us chose the lamb or the strangely adult-looking Jesus, the ox or the donkey, Mary or Joseph. And we spent some time with the figure we had chosen, really closely looking at them, observing them, prayerfully considering them. What were they thinking? What were they feeling? What question would we ask them if we could? And I was surprised that I was drawn to Mary. And I spent some time just looking at her. The folds in her robe, the closer to her. And I found that the question I most wanted to ask Mary as she looked down at baby Jesus was, what are you going to do next? What's your plan? I mean, we assume that the life of Jesus unfolded automatically with no worry or planning or angst, no hard decisions to be made. Mary has the baby. They wait to see if anyone involved in local agriculture wants to come worship him. They wait a few more years in a barn in a strange town until foreign astrologers come, and then they raise him normally. How did Mary know to do that? Was she making plans in her head on the night of the nativity as the shepherds surrounded the baby in worship? Was she thinking even then about how Joseph was going to make a living in Bethlehem, about when they would return home, about whether or not there's some special way that you have to raise a Messiah? What's your plan? I wanted to ask her. And how did you know what to do next, how to raise this child? Because I always want to know what to do next. I want to know what God wants, what God has in store. Part of it is a genuine desire to please God, but part of it is that I'm a planner by nature. I like to know what's ahead so that I can control it through list making and post-its. But as I gazed at Mary's face, which is just so calm and open, it suddenly came to me, she doesn't have a plan. She has no idea what to do next. How could she? No one had given birth to a Messiah before. There's not a road map. But she does know somehow that when God shows up, you pay attention. And so her face is turned toward the manger with total focus. She doesn't know what's next, but she's there. She's fully present. Her heart is open. She's given this miracle, and so she trusts that the next step will be given to her as well. And until then, she's fully present to what is. God seems to work with us a little bit at a time, I think. At least in my experience, God doesn't show us the end of the story before we begin. God doesn't let us skip a few chapters ahead so that we can prepare and take notes. God doesn't care about my to-do list. God doesn't seem to turn on the lights for us so that we can see where we've been and where we're going with total clarity, but instead shines a spotlight just one footstep ahead of where we are. And then when we step forward into that light, the spotlight moves ahead again, just one step. 
And as much as we want to see exactly where we're going, most of the time, God just lets us see that next step. Or in much more poetic terms, Marin writer Anne Lamott says that God provides lily pads to guide us across the swamp of doubt and fear. One lily pad holds us up and allows us to grow until we're ready to leap to the next one, and the next lily pad appears just then. So we make our way through life one lily pad at a time. The pandemic has shown us in such a powerful way that we do not, we can't know the future. We can't know even what the next day is going to bring. Life is unpredictable and surprising, and we can find ourselves that, somewhere that we never expected to be without any idea of what can come next, and that can be so hard. But Mary invites us to rest just for a minute, if we can, in not knowing what comes next. To trust that all we can do right now is be fully here, with our hearts open, and to trust that the next step will be given to us as well. And I think we can trust also that God looks at us with infinite patience as we struggle to get to that place of openness, that God looks at us with infinite patience and love as we struggle to let go of what we thought was going to happen to the future, in the future, and as we deal with our anxiety and worry. As many of you know, my fiancé Anthony and I will be leaving St. John's after we get married in February. I'll have more to say about that over the months to come, more to say about what this community means to me, and how thankful I am for each one of you every day. God willing, I'll also have more to say about where exactly we're getting married and what I'm doing next professionally, because due to COVID, I don't really know right now. But I do trust that when the time comes, that light will move one step further out and we'll take a step into it. I already see that happening here at St. John's. I hear it in your voices as you talk about your excitement about what's next, about the trust that you have for one another and for this community. I feel that sense of rightness and peace at the thought of the Reverend Heather Erickson joining you. But until then, in the midst of un the unpredictability that COVID has brought into our lives, in the midst of the unpredictability that comes with being human, I pray that there are moments where we can be like Mary and step away just for a moment from all our hopes and plans and projects so that we can be fully where we are, in gratitude, with our hearts open to worship the God who has come into our midst. Amen.